0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the ladies NASCAR series for the North and South Q&A. Your host tonight, State, pretending to be a boxing announcer, and tonight we are interviewing the Colossus, the man, the winner of nothing this season. Yes, mate. Hello how are you (laughs) i'm good mate very good indeed excited for the for the nascar we haven't done one of these in a little while and yeah it's something different and something fresh for people to to listen to from ourselves so yeah looking forward to looking forward to hearing some of your responses to to these questions that i've prepared for you are you Hmm. you ready for what's gonna get thrown at you yeah no i'm up for it i'm well up for it be prepared for a lot of stuff that you may disagree with listeners however this isn't an opinion Q and A, all right his opinion is acceptable you don't have to agree with it but it's acceptable
1: because it's his opinion all right and but you can laugh stop. you're allowed to laugh yeah. if you want you know we Definitely can't hear laugh. you laughing when we you listen you'll, to this podcast and
0: and you will <laughs> get the opportunity to send abuse to him because you'll have his fpl twitter at the end of this episode as well so feel free to you know berate him whatever you please you know it'll all work fine And make sure you copy me in when you do, because I'll probably agree with you and just join in on it as well. So, yeah, good work. That's the spirit. That's what we look for in these things, you know, abuse. So, anyway, let's get cracking, Eve. Are you ready? I am, mate. I am. Are you ready? I am. I'm ready as well. (laughs) Let's get it on. (laughs) So, let's start with some simple ones. So, can you tell us your name please it is heath and what is your fpl team
1: name heath it's the southern all-stars can you not be a bit more original than that i just came up with it last minute and then stuck it in there and kept it there Uh, (laughs) i I might change uh, it next season (laughs) well yeah i definitely
0: recommend it i think our listeners would like to see something (laughs) a little bit more fresh original and um you know, hip, as the kids would say, who knows? But, um, but yeah, you know, for a man who claims he does a lot of research and preparation, it wasn't very well prepared in terms of your team name this year.
1: It so, wasn't, it was rushed.
0: Out of the millions of players, Heath will definitely be in the bottom 500,000 for team names this season. Thank <laughs> you. So are you North or South, Heath? The
1: motherfucking South. Who do you support then, Heath, and why do you support them? So I'm a, I'm a massive Watford fan. My father grew up in a place called Bushy, which is in Watford. He actually was born in Watford general hospital, which is right next to the ground. He basically passed on that, that genetic defect that we both have of having yellow, red and black going through our veins. So yeah, we, yeah. we we need to go to a doctor about that because you know, that's not healthy. And Yes, yeah, it's, it's the only where, only where <laughs> it's it's stuck for a while. I, I think a, a lot of people have abused me in the past because when I was younger, I did have a brief flirt with Manchester United in the Cantona days. But the moment that they won the league for a second or a third time, I realized actually success isn't for me. I need some failure <laughs> in my life. So I chose Watford and I never look back. <laughs> Brilliant
0: absolutely brilliant oh i like that that's a that's a good answer success isn't everything listeners it's not all those glory fans you know who you are who've just moved to man city over the last 10 years yeah there you go It's well, well, that's not the way forward so and do you play football still he? i do
1: i do and what what position are you well, at the moment I'm only playing five aside, six aside, seven aside, depending on who turns up and when they turn up. So mm-hmm. I am currently in between the midfield, center forward, left-ish kind of period. I like to cut in on my right foot, you know. No, I'm I'm really a center back who converted himself into a center forward. Actually, I'll start again. I was a center forward who was converted into a center back because I was tall, who then tried to convert himself back into center forward, but was too unfit. So I was lumped back at centre-back. <laughs> so I'm centre-something. I can't play right or left anywhere. And if you put me in midfield, I'm, I'm not going to go far. So I'm, I'm, I'm either a striker or a defender. It depends on if you've seen my finishing or not. If you haven't, I'm a centre-forward. If you have, I'm a centre-back. Fair enough, fair enough. Is it four four two 2 or two three five
0: formation when you were a striker? What are what, what, what you were looking
1: at? I, I only play well in a, in a two-up front. I have to have someone there with me. I can't do the legwork on my... I have played up front on my own and it's not a pretty sight. But I've I've played up front with a couple of people in the past and it's worked with some and not with others. But the one thing they would all tell you is due to my lack of confidence, I'm a very generous player. Therefore, I pass the ball to them because I don't want to shoot myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I get a lot of assists and not many goals. There you have it. He would
0: be a very good assist person for you on FPL with the lack of goals. He probably won't be too expensive either. So. But it,
1: and it doesn't matter because it's only one point less. So you know, if you get assist every week, so
0: yeah,
1: could get yeah. some bonus points for his all-round gameplay. You know,
0: yeah, really good, good thinking. And what what's your earliest football memory?
1: So it's a bit of a strange one, but I think I can remember the uh, 1990 World Cup. But I'm not gonna. St- go with that because I can't I'm thinking that I remember the Cameroon game I can't remember the Germany game but I think I can remember the Cameroon game vaguely but because I can't remember it properly I'm going to go with San Marino Remember the 7-1 where Stuart Pierce messed up when they scored but we won 7-1 I remember that really clearly because I was really confused that we'd won 7-1 and no one was happy I couldn't understand it I, I vaguely remember the Dutch game and I, I remember the Dennis Bergkamp hate that my dad and I had for him at the time until he moved to England, started playing for Arsenal. And I absolutely loved him as a football player. But when they when we lost the Dutch and we we're really unlucky, I remember that. And then I remember yeah. like us. Kuma should have been sent off. That's it, yeah, that's Jesus. it. And then he scored at the other end. But I remember the San Marino game really, really clearly, and thinking, "Wow!" Like Ian Wright, Les Ferdinand, I think John Barnes, all sorts of people scored that night. And I remember thinking, like England is so good. I didn't realise was how poor San Marino were. And also, what I never understood until probably about, I don't know, until I was in my late teens, was I didn't understand why people were disappointed that we lost 7-1. And then I realised that we needed to win by seven clear goals or more. But it didn't really matter anyway, because I think the Dutch beat Poland or something like that. So it didn't matter. But it was more the embarrassment that San Marino actually scored against us in record time. So yeah, that's my earliest memory. And it, it was I, I remember it being quite a, a depressing kind of evening game. And it just felt like it was a real low moment. So it's a good place to start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going
0: to get much lower than that, to be fair, unless you go on and spot someone like Watford say. So yeah,
1: good point. Good point. And what's your <laughs> favorite? What's your favorite football memory? This is a tough one and I, I had quite a few, I just want to label a couple. So the Wolves-Watford FA Cup semi-final, you know, 2-0 down, last minute penalty from Dini, Delefeuille's incredible first goal, then he scored to make it 3-2, going to FA Cup final, we won't talk about that. So that that has to be up there, but if I'll be honest with you, the first memory I can really have, that um, I really have of like, I just can't believe what I'm seeing was playoff final against Bolton Wanderers. I think it was 1999. It was unbelievable. I had my dad, his friend and my uncle all there at the old Wembley, all crammed in there. I think I was around 14 or 15 at the time. And it just, I just couldn't believe my eyes when we scored the second. We scored the second in like the 88th minute or something around that time. To, to kind of like finish off Bolton and Bolton had probably been arguably the, the team with the best chances our keeper was unbelievable that day but to know that we were in the Premier League where I've been used to looking at all my dad's old programs and seeing you know first division mid table to low you know fighting relegation and then go getting relegated and then coming back up again to be in a playoff final to beat Bolton who were probably the better team on paper as well they had Ida Johnson and Peer Franson and a few other really good players and to go up into the Premier League it felt it was way too soon for us and I think history kind of told us that when we finished bottom rock bomb with the lowest amount of points the season later but it's so worth it to have gone to Wembley in the Twin Towers is brilliant yeah so that has to be my favourite football memory of all time
0: looking beats a playoff win at Wembley and it's to get you to the promised land as well. You know,
1: that's, and I, I will say one thing, State. If you haven't, and if the listeners here haven't, check out Nick Wright's overhead kick against Bolton in that playoff final. It's it's pretty special, though it, it did look like it came off his shin, but which kind of goes against it a little bit. But the attempt and the fact that it went in the top corner and that it was a Wembley and it was a playoff final and it went in the top corner adds to everything so check that out if you're there if you're on youtube or any other platforms uh, also available
0: yeah we're, we're not here to advertise one single platform just reiterate i, I don't thing. know their
1: rivals <laughs> <laughs> but you know it'll be somewhere they're not
0: they're not close enough to them i guarantee that no. <laughs> so yeah um so
1: and um, so then on fpl how long have you been playing fpl so my first season was the two thousand six seven season. Just quite a long time ago, I After
0: we finished university and we were sober enough to think about it at weekends.
1: Yeah, basically, yeah, and that's a really good point because <laughs> actually that makes sense. Why I think I did flirt around with the with the idea of having a team at uni, but I think I didn't have an official email address or something so that's the first one i have with the email address i have now we missed a trick there at uni didn't we it wasn't as established though and it wasn't as easy to use the rules have been you know improved and to be honest like you actually look at how many people i think it was around just just over maybe just around two million maybe less in the the first season i played it so now it's around eight million so it's kind of it's got a lot of popular popular like, over the years but yeah it's a long time ago. Mm. Sound? Okay. Excellent.
0: So then on to the next one. Highest FPL rank.
1: Now this is my claim to fame. Ooh. I finished 37th in the whole world one year. Oh yeah. It was it was one of the earlier seasons so there wasn't as many people playing it. But well, an achievement. It, it it really was and my, my friends and I, we went traveling. Uh, I think it was around like Australia, New Zealand. You know, we went to a hostel. Oh, you didn't try chatting up birds with this line, did you? No, it, it's a bit weirder than that. So, <laughs> yeah, I wish, I wish that could have been the case. But my friends were kind of almost like, I don't know, being my PR guy or something. Because when we got chatting to people about Premier League and fantasy football, as soon as they showed interest, they'd be like, this guy finished 37th last year. And one guy was like saying to me, I think I need your autograph. You're semi-famous. <laughs> but it was, it was one of those seasons that I'm sure we've all been there where you're leading your mini league and you're so far ahead, 100, 200 points ahead that you don't even really, everything you do, you can just take a risk because you've got nothing to lose. I wasn't looking at the overall uh, you know, rankings or something like that. I wasn't even thinking about that. And then gradually everything fell into place. And by the end, I was like, Wow, I'm um, <laughs> finishing. I think I finished the highest I, I had been all season. So, like I say, I, I don't think I really ever realized how the magnitude of it until years later, I realized how bloody difficult it is as a game.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. No, good. And then the one we're all really interested in, we're not bothered in these top 50 in the world sort of bullshit, right? We're interested in your lowest FPL rank. Come on, tell us. Okay, right. where's, the,
1: where's the lowest of the low? This is tough, right? My lowest is thirty seventh in the world. I'm just consistent. I finished thirty seventh every <laughs> year. No, I, 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 in the season where Leicester won the league in that year, I was one of the people who really didn't jump on the Vardy, Mares, you know, like one of the Leicester defenders. I didn't jump on any of them until it was too late, and I, I paid for it. I finished seven hundred. An 18k. I'm not even going to give you the specific number, but it was it was a bad season for me. I don't often. I, I know there's people out there who get to a point in the season they give up because they've you know things haven't fallen into place. I'm not that person. I I even in that season I would have still been doing everything I could have done to get as high as possible. So that just wasn't my year, and enough nothing fell into place for me that year. So that was a stinker. Fair play. I still
0: don't think. That many people would see that as a stinker, you know, still inside the top 1 million. I mean, yeah, there were probably one as many players there because it keeps growing, but still inside the top million, not the worst place in the world to be. So I'm guessing our listeners who have been, never been inside the top million are pretty much hating you right now with a pass. <laughs> yeah, which is good. Good listeners, we don't mind that at all. Again, his, his Twitter thing will be. um. Will be released later.
1: But they can't Um, they can't hate me, State. And the reason why is because of question four. I support Watford. You can't hate a Watford fan. Just feel sorry for us and just leave us alone. If you're a Luton fan, you might. No, no, they don't. don't. No. They got big fish to fry, Brighton, Charlton. Anyone who doesn't like Hornets.
0: You know, Brentford, they prefer bees. Bees are better than Hornets. There you go.
1: Not really. Mm-hmm. Hornets are bigger. I I think they would dominate bees all day long.
0: Well bee, bees di-
1: <laughs> bee,
0: yeah, well, yeah. Bees <laughs> die after one sting as well, whereas hornets don't. So you know, hornets have got a longer, longer lifespan. Yeah, yeah. that's it. So yeah, true. Bad point by me. Very bad <laughs> uh, <laughs> So um what is
1: your favorite FPL moment? Okay, so my favorite FPL moment. I'm going to give you two moments. One, I'm sure everyone's got this moment, which is the Sergio Aguero last minute Man City winning the league. I mean, that's probably one of the best footballing moments, let alone FPL moments. But uh, it was great because we all we all kind of played football that day, me and my mates. We had uh, drinks after the game. It was kind of an end of season due as well and we watched the Man City QPR game at the same time. One of the guys had Aguero as captain, the other one didn't, and Aguero scored, and everyone went crazy, but my mate went extra crazy, was running around in a circle, and my poor mate, who was finishing second now, realising it in the last minute, was just sitting there. I couldn't stop it. I felt so, so sorry for him, But and my mate overdid it a little bit with his celebrations. I think he realises that now. And, and and the funny thing is, is that the other moment, which is also my favorite moment was him winning it the other time where (laughs) we did this thing where we did the match of the day challenge on the last game of the season. And we knew that there were two guys going for the title and one of them had made Van Persie captain the other one, I think maybe Ronaldo at the time or someone like that, or I'm not too sure exactly, but basically whoever the other guy captained, it didn't work out and he didn't get many points. Van Persie scored a hat-trick or maybe four goals against Blackburn or something in a dead rubber kind of thing and the guy who again who won the Aguero moment won that one as well and also overdid it that time but I I, I love it the mo, I love them both moments not because he won it but because of the emotion and how much it meant to him when I've won FPO in the past I've won it way in advance and I'm quite far ahead of people and it's not that fun to be honest for anyone I mean I've, I've got a trophy so proper trophy so maybe maybe <laughs> maybe me lifting that might might be one of my best moments but no those two moments without that they because they, they, they stand out I haven't got any other moments really stand out apart from those two and it's maybe because we just talk about them more that they've just stuck in my head but they were good fun yeah no, fair, fair enough, fair enough. And what's your least favorite moment? They're very, they're they're very recent, to be honest. One was a couple of weeks back where Watford lost three 0 at home to a relegation rival, Norwich, and my captain Dennis got sent off. <laughs> honestly, that's our, that is one of the worst things you can hear. I think the other the other one is probably just not having Salah all season this year, because literally I don't think anyone's performed as well as Salah has this year. Like I know it's halfway through the year, but so far he's been incredibly consistent, and it's been a killer coming on these podcasts, being second best most of the season. But things might change. I'm oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm thinking Salah's going to be pretty depressed going to the second half of the season because he's a he's a he's a losing finalist it's going to be hard it's going to hit him hard is going to go on a run Salah's going to do nothing and you know no one's going to have Mane so everyone's going to stick with Salah you're going to stick with Salah and I'm going to win the head-to-head this year so it's all going to turn around see how this is like an interview I've taken my least favorite (laughs) moment and I've I've put a positive spin on it you see what I did there yeah yeah
0: I'm not hiring you <laughs> we, we do like that the n the not the the n and S Q A A the nasca we don't we don't recruit like that that's not how we recruit we want people who are down in the doldrums we don't want positivity we don't want <laughs> the negatives into positive we just want negatives please that's all okay we want okay noted or, for the other
1: questions <laughs> yeah. or
0: turn a positive into a negative we like that a lot that's really good you know take you know take the best thing you've ever done make it into an absolute negative. We will love you for that. And you'll get a job for life. That's it. (laughs) So, yeah.
1: And who's your favorite current FPL player then? So I've got two again, I'm being greedy. I'm not going to go with Salah because Salah is too good. Right. So it's too easy when you've got a set and forget captain. It's too, it's too easy. My, my two favorite players at the moment in FPL are Rafinha because I think he's a season keeper And I think he plays for a team that are struggling due to injuries and whatever, but he's struggling. But he's kind of always around the points, seems to score against anyone. He doesn't score every week, but that makes him quite interesting because people get rid of him thinking he's he's not going to do anything against Man City or Liverpool, and he does. And he's he's both footed. I really like that about football players, tack him. I I really hope he gets a move in the summer, personally. And the other one is is Trent Alexander-Arnold. I'm not a big fan of him personally, but as a football player, to have a fullback at seven something million and know he, ha- he has to be essential in your team and for him to get the goals and assists that he's got, is just another level. That's what FPL is all about. They can't move him to midfield because he is actually a defender. But the way he plays, him and Robertson, uh, I mean, Robertson's kind of had to stay, take a step back by the looks of it stats wise but I remember that I think it may be a couple of seasons ago it seemed like they changed around and Robertson was a little bit more advanced but Trent has gone kind of come back again and I I love it I love I mean I love all the attacking defenders to be honest because I'm not a big fan of waiting for clean sheets I'm too impatient I'd rather know that I've got the assist in the bag early doors and I can enjoy the rest of the game rather than wait for the four points and then know a last minute goal because scupper that so that's my reasoning and yeah i do apologize because every question at the moment you're saying to me what is your favorite well and i'm giving you two every time but you know two for one guys two for one two for one indecisive
0: you decide listeners whatever you think is the correct way to to, to, you know
1: again putting a positive spin on it (laughs) yeah again no
0: time for that in this podcast at all no time
1: but yeah no i like it both northern players
0: guys Southern person that's, um, you know, a bit treacherous, really, towards his own kind. But, you know, these Southerners, they've got no loyalty at all. So that's to be understood. Yeah, understandable. Thank you. And anyway, so we um go on to now. Your least favourite current FPL player.
1: I'm, I'm actually going to ask you. What do you think I'm going to say here? What? Your least
0: favourite current FPL player? Yeah. Well, yeah. More salad because he's costing you the head-to-head at the moment. Maybe. That's a good. That's a good way of looking
1: <laughs> at it. Actually, I, I didn't think of it that way. I looked at it more from a southern perspective. Harry Kane, yes. So it was could be same. Harry Kane or
0: yeah. Romelu Lukaku because every time you have one of those two guys in, you do shit. They do shit, and you do shit. So that yeah. that
1: there you go. So my answer to that was Harry Kane or Romelu Lukaku, and I'm going to go with Kane just because Lukaku's been injured, so I can't have too much of an issue with him this season. So Harry Kane because he's been so crap this year and uh, I, I'm not a big fan of someone who drops their standards because they're not getting their own way and I thought Harry Kane was above that but his form this season has been pretty poor I think he looks like he might be picking it back up again but he's still miles off the player that he was you know, last year and seasons before so, Harry Kane Yeah, nah,
0: fair play Who's your favourite FPL player of all time? Now, we did a podcast on this, so I should be expecting the answer to be the same. Otherwise, I'm going to call you a contradictory person.
1: Well, no, I'm, I'm saying my favourite FPL player all the time, right? Yeah. I, I'm actually going to go with Cristiano Ronaldo. Ooh. The, the reason that's why... You so, fought so hard
0: for him not to win the greatest one when we did that.
1: I know I was talking <laughs> through my ass No, I I really I, 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 I loved him as a as a fantasy asset he was unbelievable and I know I said a minute ago I didn't like set and forget captains but he was just you know I, I the weird thing is that I still think he's a better player than Salah as in like at that moment I still think even though his numbers probably don't match Salah's this year I just think we now I, I I don't know maybe the 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 vision was more competitive. Maybe he had weaker players around him. I don't know. The you know the listeners might be able to tell me that, but for me, Cristiano Ronaldo, because he was an Alex Ferguson player, because he was a midfielder, because he was just entertaining. You didn't know really what to expect. He could score goals from everywhere and anywhere with both feet, and yeah, he was a lot of fun to have. So I'm going to go with him. Yeah, no, fair enough, and. Your least favorite FPL player of all time. Okay, I'm gonna go with Jamie Vardy. And the reason behind this. <laughs> so obviously,
0: obviously it's I don't a bitter I, thing. Yeah,
1: I, I obviously hold it. No, I I didn't I didn't really, you know, when you're that low down the table that year that I was when Leicester won the league, you, you accept that. I, I wouldn't have held a grudge against Vardy, but the years later, I've always, always, always brought him in at points and he's never done anything for me and then I've taken him out and I just think he's one of those players that does well against good teams and and when you think oh he's away at, I don't know let's just say Manchester City and you think there's no chance he's going to do anything and he scores a hat-trick or something like that you're like and and the thing is you know that there are people out there who have kept hold of him just because they can't go to take him out that week i are oh, keep him in and they've got all those points when realistically, it makes sense to take him out, you know? But yeah, I, I just I can't remember really ever having a successful period with him in my team. So I'm gonna go with him. He's a curse of my team.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of hatred for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of hatred. <laughs> but never mind.
1: But now, now I see the reasoning
0: behind it. So yeah, we we accept reason. So, on to scouted players from your region. So, this is, we give you know, five, five different picks from your region. So, the southern teams that you can select from this season. So, you can pick any, any, any player from any team in those 10 clubs that you can choose from. So, I want you to do good from afar, but far from good, which is a good player, but low scorer. I want you to then do a differential, underestimated big point scorer, a newcomer. You play to the league, set piece extraordinaire. So free kicks, corners, pens, you know, and then you captain, fantastic. So can you start us off with your good from afar, but far from good, please?
1: So again, this is the last time I'm going to say this, but I've got two. I'm going to go with Kai Havertz and Timo Werner. I think that they both looked good from afar in Germany, but when they came over here, they were both <laughs> shockingly shy. No, they 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 both they've both been really underwhelming and and I obviously they the weird thing is that although they've been underwhelming they both won the Champions League last year so it's like one of the highest accolades you can get for the talent that both of them have have shown in the past before they joined Chelsea you'd expect them to be kind of players in and around my team all year for you know this season and last but they've they've not even come close so I'm hoping that Next season, they might drop in price. Well, I mean, they'll definitely drop in price unless something crazy happens between now and the end season. But they're dropping in price and maybe they might do something that gets the manager going again and, and brings them back into the team. Because I, I actually think Havertz is still getting a decent run from Tuchel. So mm. it's a bit of a surprise. Vernon, not so much. I can't believe... Werner honestly I I just thought what a signing when he was going to go to Liverpool I thought oh well fair enough that works and then he went to Chelsea and I thought that's interesting I think he would have suited Liverpool's game more than
0: he suits Chelsea's game personally yeah
1: um, yeah I agree with you I think Chelsea it seems a dominant around their midfield and just being solid at the back and stuff and Liverpool it's, it's all about that front three isn't it and Wing backs getting for for forward as far as possible and having that defensive solidity in the midfield. But yeah, I think he probably would have done. But I do think that if if it, I don't know, it's 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 hard. But yeah, I think they're both. I think they're both kind of like they they look good, talented boys. But like realistically, this don't get enough points at all. Yeah, no. So that's that's my good from afar, far from good. Differential next, please. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Connor Gallagher. I think the reason why I'm gonna go with him is just because he flirts around the idea of being a holding midfielder, and he was a holding midfielder before for West Brom. You would have said that this season he may have been in that position, but he's just he just always seems to be in and around it. I mean, he's not a differential probably now, but he was when the season got going. And even now, I think if you had to choose between him and Zaha, given that there's not a huge amount of money between them now, you would still be tempted with Zaha because you know that he has a lot to offer if he's on form. So I'll go with uh, Connor Gallagher. Yeah. Newcomer. Newcomer. It's, it has to be Emmanuel Dennis. Has to be. I can't. I can't think of anyone from the south that has had the impact that he's had. He's lots of goals and assists for a team that are really struggling at the bottom of the league. And, you know, he's just, he's just one of those that, I mean, he was a bargain. I think they signed him for three and a half million or something from Bruges came from nowhere. And he's, he's, he's been a, a, a revelation, really. I just, I just worry because he's the kind of player that I guess will probably be. On his way, even if we do stay up, probably in the season, if he carries on the form that he's carrying on with. But yeah, so I'll go with him. He's having a bit of a dry patch at the moment, but you know, I think it's been a, a long season, so maybe he, uh, he, what might... having a dry patch at the moment. So yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty
0: dry. It's pretty dry. Well, coincides with that a little bit, you know, what's um, <laughs> it now? Three, three games in a row about goal. Um. So yeah, not 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 good on that front. Mm. But yeah. But no, like I think, I think you know a lot of people say he's been a you know a revelation as a newcomer to to the league this season. And hats off to him to it. To be honest with you, you can't can't fault that. Good choice. Then um, you set piece extraordinaire.
1: This is a no brainer. This has to be James Ward Prowse. I mean, I've I've barely had him in my team all season, but that guy knows how to take a good free kick, a good corner, and to be fair. Takes a good penalty as well, really. I can't. Think, I mean, the, the only other person I can think of for penalties is maybe someone like Harry Kane, but I'm, I'm not going to be greedy this time. I'm going to stick with Ward Prowse, that, that guy. I, I'm not not as convinced with Mason Mount. I've I've watched him play, and I think he has moments of brilliance from set pieces, but I wouldn't say that I would bet my house on him scoring or something. Whereas I think I might do with Prowse. Yeah.
0: Ward Prowse is a man, mm. not been proper free kick taker. Him and KDB best set piece takers in the in the, in the league.
1: Yeah, and again, so, uh, Ward Prowse is another one where you'd just be really interested to see how if he if he got the break at another team, a uh, team higher up in the league, a bit like uh, Matt Letizier style. Yeah, he's 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 South. You
0: know, you if you if you bled him. He'd you know he bleed saints. you know that man. He's um he's you know proper. Proper, proper lad. I don't, I don't see him going anywhere personally. Um, no. And you know well, You know if he likes it down there, probably living, living, living the high life on the beach at the weekends after the when the season's not on. All good, all good. So yeah, now good, good shout, good shout again. And then finally, Captain Fantastic, who's your consistent
1: scorer? I've got a good idea of who you're going for here, but go on it's Hyunmin son, really, because well, he's the only one cool. I can really trust, because he just doesn't seem to ever kind of take his, you know, foot off the brake. but I like... Bowen this season. You Bowen. Yeah, Bowen's been good, but I just... Good. Bowen's been good. He's got some I, goals, been, assists. Yeah, Bowen's been great, but Bo, Bowen has come from nowhere to to have that form, and it's West true. Ham are a team that you... You know, you 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 want to trust, but you know that you they can it. lose at home yeah. to Brentford, and they can lose at home to you know some weaker teams. That Huang Ming son though, he just—I mean—the guy again, I I keep saying it, but I'd love to see him move on from Spurs and 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 go to like a Man City or or Chelsea or something. It wouldn't go to Chelsea, and it'd be but, great, but, great for Liverpool. Be great for Liverpool. Yeah, someone else and just place. just see how he gets on because he deserves it. You know, he deserves success. He 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 does. He's he's one of those players that I've never really ever seen him kind of lose interest because just, there's a lot you know in the time that he's been there there's been a lot of Tottenham managers and and he's, and he has shown kind of that he's going to work hard throughout. So are you saying Spurs are unsuccessful? Oh my <laughs> God! What what out?
0: This is I apologize to all our listeners. Such outrageous comments. Oh my God! <laughs> Spurs it depends and...
1: on it depends on how Spurs see success. I mean, if they if they finish in the top half of the table and, and not win the cup, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that is successful, I guess. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, no, very true, very true. Now, good shout. Now was
0: the one I thought you'd go for, and you can't fault it. Over the last few seasons, he's been consistently up there, the the, the main man. I know Kane's been doing it a lot, but obviously, like I said bit of injury last season and then this year, so yeah, now he's the man this season for sure, he's, he's son of the of the, 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 southern, the southern mob. So on to your next question.
1: Which three current FBL teams do you focus on more from your region and why? So This is going to be a hypocritical answer given what I just said, but Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tottenham, Chelsea and West Ham. I think that they all have Something going on for them. I, yeah, the only other team that you could say potentially it was was Arsenal at one point, and maybe Aston Villa now, where they've got some interesting footballers coming in in the January window with Gerrard as manager. Seems to be clicking. But I'm going to go Spurs, Chelsea, and West Ham. They've all been up and around the top, you know, top six, seven, eight around that, and. They've all got very good defenders, midfielders, attackers. You could have, you know, someone like on Son, Kane, if Kane's on form. You could have like James, Mount, Lukaku again if Lukaku's on form. And then you got like Soufal Bowen, and, and Antonio. Basically, all I've done this year in the Southern team is make sure that if, if they, unless they've got a really bad run of fixtures, I've got three players of those three teams. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that Arsenal sack Arteta, bring in a proper manager and Arsenal become a team that I can show interest in again. game because I need that. You know, with you having Liverpool, United, City, even United be, being pretty stinky this season, they've yeah. still got some great players yeah. on paper. Yeah. If, if yeah. it starts clicking.
0: Yeah, if exactly. You know, I think I've put them in there with we i I trust more Arsenal players than I would Man United players in terms of FPL points this see. Probably, yeah, probably. And, and
1: I just, yeah, I mean, like Saka, for instance, his form recently has been really good, but then Arsenal have had a lot of games called off because of COVID. So we'll see. Maybe that could be a someone that I could kind of start to rely on. And, and then gradually, like with Smith Rowe, was showing signs as well. So maybe Arsenal could be, but like I said, I've, I think they've got to get rid of Arteta personally, but that's just my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah.
0: Okay. No, well, fair. fair. Fair enough. Good, good, good site. Can't argue, can't argue. So what is your strategy when picking your KL team?
1: Okay. So I'm going to go back to the beginning of the summer, right? Or well, not the beginning of the summer, the end of the summer, sorry. Um, when the season's just about to start and I'm making my wild card. So I'm going to walk you through my thought processes. And this is just how I think people think differently to me, right? So my first thing is I look at premiums. I look at your De Bruyne's, your Fernandes, your Salas, your Mane's, your Sons, Keynes, whoever. And I look at them and I look at their fixtures and I think, could I captain them? Would I captain them? If, I, if the answer is no, in my opinion, they're too much money. So then I have to basically work out which premiums to have out of those players. The next thing I look for is attacking defenders. I like to have attacking defenders, especially at the beginning of the season when you could kind of, if, if you were to get Robertson and, and Trent Alexander-Arnold or Cancelo or someone like that, even someone like Luca Din or Kieran Trippier, if you get someone in your team and they score, they get assists right, left and centre or they get a goal every now and then and they get bonus, they get a clean sheet as well. That's just obviously incredible. They're massive points score, but no one really ever captains them. So, they go under the radar a little bit. Whereas someone like Salah, for instance, where he's a captain for a lot of people, people kind of worship the ground he stands on. He's a ever-present and fair play. He deserved that. But how many people captain alexander Arnold's? You know, it, it, not many, but they should because he, he scores a lot of points. But personally, I go expensive keeper and then a really cheap keeper. So this season, Foster's been a great example of someone you can have 4 million, the cheapest you can get, and he's playing, so if something happens games, to your expensive yeah. keeper, then you've got that option of, you know, kind of like, I don't know, him getting him drop him dropping out and, and being on the bench. So you've got you have got that option. So and I, and I keep them for the season because to be honest, I don't really care about goalkeepers. You don't get a lot of you don't really get a lot from the goalkeepers, and that's just one of those things. I always have one or two guaranteed out of my three subs to be playing each week and then the third sub could be the cheapest of the cheap so i i used to have that keenan davis at 4.5 million as a striker because Mm. he didn't ever play he might come on for a minute or two but it didn't really matter to me personally because i didn't think i'd ever need him i think the one of the worst feelings is when you've got a guy who scored a lot of points and he's your third sub and for me that's just as bad management as not transferring a player in as having them as a third sub of them scoring big points I jump on form players as soon as possible but I normally give it a week so using Jesse Lingard as an example last season I gave it a bit of time and then I watched one of his games saw that everyone was passing it to him he was doing everything throughout the team and I jumped on him after that first game because I just thought if you're, if you're a talented football player and you've been to somewhere like Manchester United and you're not getting in, that can easily happen. And then you drop down to a team that aren't as good as Man United on paper, West Ham. So a, a group of players who will be desperate to want you to stay, it can go one way or the other. But I took a risk on him last year and he was unbelievable. So that's how I see players on form. You can't work out if they're on form ASAP. You can't word that out, but you can get a feel for someone if things are just falling to them perfectly and they're in the right position at the right time and they're hitting the ball perfectly. You know, goalkeepers are making good saves off them or they're hitting the post, hitting the crossbar. They're permanently in the game. That's what I'm looking out for. And if I see that, I think like Serafini is a great example. Again, someone, if you watch the highlight package for Leeds, most games, he's involved with something that's going on. And you look at it and go, that's going to fall for him at some point. So that's the way I see that. And I often look at it and think it's easy to remember that your captain should be one of the top six. Now, when I say top six, I I, I am technically including Arsenal Spurs, even though they don't deserve to be in there or even Man United <laughs> probably. But what I'm saying is that don't just feel like you have to captain the most expensive players is probably the best way I put it rather than top six players. Because look at, like Jared Bowen, for instance, I mean, six point something million. You captain, he could, you know, he scored big points. Mikael Antonio at the beginning of the season, scoring big points, you know. So I would just say I always look to captain someone who's at home, unless they're away to someone really crap, like maybe a Norwich or I hate to say it, a Watford. If they're away from home and they're playing one of those, maybe I'll captain, but I normally captain someone who's playing at home because I just feel like a lot of things click into place when you're at home, especially when you're a bigger team, you normally have a lot more of the ball. So I could keep going, but I'm going to stop there because we don't have all night, but they're some of the things that I think about when I'm picking my team, I take a lot of time in and I've done a lot of teams. <laughs> so yeah. A lot
0: no, of fair, yeah. No, fair play. And, and how often do you, you check your team? Are you, are you clicking on it every day? You, you're doing it a couple of times a week. Do you? wait for set moments, you know, before game week? How, how often do you do you look at look it over?
1: So that all depends on two things. <laughs> have I had a good week or have I had a bad week? If I've had a bad week, I probably won't look at it until the next deadline and I'll just feel sorry for myself until that deadline comes about and then I'll start getting into the new game week thinking, okay, well, that one's done now. Let's focus on the next one. If, I had week, exactly. if, I, if yeah. I've had a good week, exactly. If I've had a good week, I'll be just i glo- will just be sitting there gloating in my own head about how good I am and that of course he was going to score a hat trick and of course he was going to get the free bonus points. So look at me, I'm doing really well. But no, I normally I normally look at it a few times. Maybe I'll look at it a couple a couple times. I'll look at it quite a few times during the game week to, to keep up with what's going on. Then but the break between the next game week, I might look at it once or twice during the week just to see if there's any injuries to be aware of. And then I, I'll always be well aware of the deadline. I'm, I'm definitely someone who does, doesn't often miss a deadline. I'm, I'm a bit of a nerd like that. But it helps yeah. to be on the, you know, in the FPL community on Twitter. So normally you kind of are able to keep up to date with all that kind of stuff through people yeah. who did, are often telling you that stuff. Yeah. Did, you, did you see
0: that the other day on Twitter? Let's see how, what your knowledge is. A, a former top player in FPL. Missed the deadline for this game week for the, for the midweek fixtures, and he said it was the most embarrassing moment of his life.
1: Today. I actually think I know who this is. Yeah, is it, it Magnus Carlson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How bad is that that I know that? Yeah, well, if you, you know, it
0: shows that like you're, on, you're on with your Twitter and stuff because yeah, he posted it out there, and um, it got quite a few retweets, I believe, as well. And there you go. So, yeah, so, I just, just want to pick that up put it. In. Since you, you know, said, you know, don't miss the deadlines.
1: Very important. So, yeah. He, he's, he's a chess champion. And he's yeah. also an FPL champion. I mean, that guy yeah. ticks a lot of the boxes. Obviously,
0: didn't <laughs> can't tick him telling the time very well, though, can he? So, uh, <laughs> there you go. He's a, not a champion of time telling, is he? <laughs> Never mind, Magnus. Enjoy, son. You still do a lot better at FPL than any of us else. Most of us can dream of. So exactly. You, I think you're still safe, pal. He must have had a very good life, if that's the most embarrassing moment of his life. No wedges, no no nothing. You know, who knows? He,
1: de- he, he definitely got wedges. <laughs> must be. He's a, a world chess champion. He
0: must have been good at school. Definitely. Yeah. But obviously, he doesn't rank that as high as missing the deadline. So, fair enough. Um, and so, when do you choose
1: to make your transfers? So, I... i i I kind of have two ways of looking at it so the beginning of the season i will be making them as early as possible without making them too early but i will want to so in my brain a lot of players will go up in value very quickly and lose value very quickly because people are very very interested at the beginning of the season so and also, just an FYI, if you're not aware of this, Manchester United players and Liverpool players, because they've got a worldwide following, they seem to come into people's teams a lot quicker than others. So if, if Bruno was doing well, he seems to, you know, like he's an example of someone like if Pogba started get, if, if Pogba scores three weeks in a row, I guarantee you his, his price would go up quite quickly because people would start grabbing him and getting him in there. So beginning of the season I'll make them I'll try and make them as early as possible and then by the end of by the mid to late season when fatigue and injuries kick in I'll wait until just before a deadline there are too many differentials that happen there's too many issues that occur that I don't want to be that person and and it's I'm sure it's happened to everyone where you've made a transfer and then they've injured themselves in training or they've injured themselves in a midweek league cup game or something like that and you've you've brought them in because you thought you were being clever. I've learned that if you lose 0.1 million or more, it's worth it just to know that they're definitely going to be in your team. Yeah. Yeah. Wait until Friday afternoon press
0: conferences where gaffers say, so-and-so's going to be in. Yeah, he's fine. Nah, so-and-so's not making the squad this week. He's injured. Or, you know, so-and-so's been arrested. So he's not going to be playing this week, you know wait until those decisions are made. More yeah. likely to no. be the second
1: one at the moment, right? It seems to be happening yeah. quite often. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> Just once or twice.
0: So, yeah, no, that's fine. Fair enough. And what do you look for when choosing your captain? I suppose it's quite similar to these sort of captain fantastic, but you know what, what, are the, what are the things that our listeners should be looking for, in your
1: opinion? So, I kind of... I, I, I'll always be looking for someone who's scoring points home and away. So, Again, like someone like Rafinha, as an example, if he wasn't playing for Leeds, because I think that that has something to do with it, you know, but he's someone who doesn't seem, doesn't seem to phase him. If he's scoring at home or away, he'll score both. Salo, obviously, is a good example. Obviously, scores home and away, doesn't seem to phase him either. But I would go for someone who, normally, when I choose my captain, I, I think I said it earlier, I'll be looking for someone who's playing at home someone who's obviously... I'll go for form over fixtures without a doubt. So if Salah was playing Leicester this week and, I don't know, let's just say um, De Bruyne is playing Brentford, I would probably go for Salah because he has been on form this season. De Bruyne has had his moments, but hasn't really been on form. It's so I probably, probably would go that way. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then I would be looking for... Again, take Salah out of this to a certain extent. Well, I suppose, actually, no, ignore that. I will be looking for someone who's on penalties, which is what Salah is nowadays. But but there was a period where you weren't too sure if it was going to be Milner, Salah, Mane. You know, you didn't know. But now I think think it's quite clear that Salah takes all the penalties. I mean, take KDB for an example. If I had him in my team, I wouldn't have made him a captain tonight because he didn't take the penalty, but you weren't to know that because he did take the last penalty. So yeah. I, I would respect the fact that you were making captain, but now that Mares took that penalty, I would be thinking, oh, I don't know if I can trust De Bruyne to be my captain going forward. So yeah, I, like I say, form over fixtures for me personally, and someone who is you know home and away irrelevant, they score either way, and a good set-piece taker. You're good. You're again, good. do you worry about team value? Uh, no, <laughs> not at all. And the reason why is, and to explain to you guys, when you look at the, the players you have to pick from in the southern section, you realise that actually you get a lot of bargains. So where I've got your Jarrah Bowens, your Antonio's, your Emmanuel Dennis's, realistically, I don't have to worry about team value. Because my big hitters, your Harry Kane, your Lukaku, your Berners, your Havertz, whoever. Aubameyang, who's obviously just gone. They do fuck all. So, team value is not a problem for me. In fact, at this very moment in time, I'm pretty sure I've literally, I made one transfer this week, brought in Sun, and added, well, basically, I had eight or nine million in my bank, brought in Sun this week, and I've still got about three. Three and a half, four million in my bank because I just don't need that because my team is not expensive. So no is the answer.
0: Right, no,
1: fair play, fair play.
0: And do you have a plan with your chips? So with your your wild cards, free hits, your bench boosts. Um, do you do you do you have a set plan with that? Do you go with a feel? What what? How do you work it?
1: So. I don't play even my wild cards so the first or the second one until the transfer window is closing or closed. So for instance I I think I might have actually played my second wild card this, this this year a little bit earlier but only because I didn't think I really there didn't seem like there was going to be a lot of transfers happening and the ones that had happened were the reasons why I made my wild card so Coutinho and Digna, um I brought in so that they were like the bigger ones that you know I, I made but anyway what I was going to say is that yeah the wild cards I normally play them after my after the transfer windows happen maybe I'll give it a week to see how they've settled in if they fit straight into the team or they take a bit of time and the idea being is that I feel like in those first few weeks of the season and those first few weeks of January you should be able to have Held on to your team up until that point. Now you've got two transfers. Like at times, if you if you roll a transfer, that is now that you can have two transfers in in a given week, you should be able to manage your team quite easily. So I yeah I would I wouldn't do them until after each transfer window. All the other chips, so the bench boost, triple captain, and free hit. I'll wait until the second half of the season unless there's something crazy like. I mean, I, know, I think Man United last year had a triple game week. You know, if that happened, it would be silly not to play your triple captain, I think, personally. Or maybe a free hit. I don't know, depending. If Man United haven't got any kind of like one outstanding individual. So, I, you know, bench boost, you, you, you're looking at if you've got a double game week, triple captain, the same. Free hit is... Well, actually, again, probably when it's a double game week, all three of them. I mean, free hit you could use on a sing, you know, single game week where there's been a lot of games called off, but then it doesn't seem as as fun, I guess. So, mm-hmm. yeah, all three of them I would do. I'd wait for the double game weeks that normally come in the second half of the season. Okay.
0: bad no. play. Fair play. So, on to a little bit more about Yourself, I guess now as well. On, on, in terms of FPL goals and aims, you know, what are your biggest sort of goal FPL goals and aims. Whether that's at the start of any season, overall in
1: life, what, what, what do you hope to achieve? So every year when I play this game, my aim is to always get to two thousand points. That's my first goal. Once I get to two thousand points, I feel like I can kind of. Relax, I feel like that's the point of you kind of saying that's the standard, anything more means you've had a good season. Unless like last season, I think last season was a bit of a freak, there was quite a few points, I think that was the most amount of points most people scored last year because of Salah and (coughs) Manci and uh, whatever. But yeah, personally, my aim is can I finish in the top 1,000? I think with the Southern team it's highly unlikely, (laughs) but you never know. You know, I I mean, realistically, a a realistic target for my Southern team would be trying to get into the top hundred thousand. Probably. That's probably a realistic aim. But if I get like, whenever I play the game, if I was to pick both sets, North and South, I would say, can I get into the top thousand? If I can get into the top thousand, for me, that's a massive achievement. You're not going to win it. I mean, you're not magnus carson so <laughs> <laughs> no definitely
0: definitely not no that way and what is your
1: biggest fpl regret I, 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 all right okay so i would say it's it's probably not going live last year on our north versus south podcast because I I was absolutely kicking your ass in the head-to-heads last year. I wish that we gone live last year. <laughs> Although yeah, you did get sure. the points, you got more points than me. To be fair to I you, did. but the more overall So head-to-head, head-to-head, head-to-head was what we were all what we were kind of aiming for. So I wish I'd gone. I wish we'd gone live that season because that would have been quite funny. Ian yeah, and Son just winning everything for you, yeah. They were unbelievable, it, and they just picked their weeks, didn't they? They just yeah. scored massive one week and then did nothing the week after, but yeah i if you if anyone is looking for those archive videos i've got them everywhere that they're in my um they're in my hard drive that they're sitting there waiting to be released <laughs> one year so when people ask for that i'll um, i'll happily provide but my my other regret in previous seasons before we read the podcast was i really fucked up my triple captains But I think one year I did. I think I did Mane as a triple captain. He got injured in the first, similar to the Dennis situation. He got injured in the first game of a double game week, and he got one point or three points. That was a real killer. I think I did pretty well that season, but yeah, I've really I've stunk out the joint when it came to my triple captains in recent seasons. So I've got to play that a bit more cleverly.
0: So what what FPL advice would you give to other aspiring FPL managers, you know, current FPL managers or stalwarts, you know, what 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 would you say to them?
1: So, okay, I'd say always be patient. Do not take hits unless you really need to. As I said before, captain players who are on form over fixtures, personally, that's what I would I would my advice would be. I would also say. If you've had a bad game week, don't let it get to you, because I've seen people. I've been playing this game for a long time now, and I've seen people start the season so poorly, and then catch up quite easily because they've made some bold decisions and found themselves paying off. And then, have it the year that Bruno Fernandes signed for United in the January transfer window, I basically won my mini league by basically putting a bit of faith like i said earlier about the, the you know take taking a player who's on form i got him in very early days because he seemed like quite a useful player i wasn't afraid to captain him man united were getting penalty after penalty he was scoring every penalty he was getting and i i went from i think i was about seventh or eighth in my mini league and it ended up winning it quite comfortably in the end just because i wasn't afraid to 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 take those risks. So if you if you're not enjoying it, and you're losing week in week out, you're having you're, you're not scoring big. Just just take some risks, and to be honest, it's like golf. You can hit a million horrible shots all day, but you get that one drive goes over three hundred yards, two hundred and fifty yards maybe. Do people hit over three hundred yards at amateur golf? I don't know. Yeah, some people will. Yeah, yeah. but basically. So yeah all i'm saying is that you hit that one ball really well uh, you know and and it just it makes your day and you're just talking about that you go home to your other half and you're saying should have seen that boy it's unbelievable anyway so all i'm trying to say is that you can have that in fpl don't give up on it and the other thing i would say is i would always look for a, a, a set and forget captain like we've had this season with Salah, if you can get that set and forget captain and keep with him, the you, you you'll be surprised how easy it is to pick your team around that set and forget captain. Because if Salah is your captain and he's scoring points right, left, and center, the rest of your team don't have to do too much. I mean, honestly, I'd take the pick I'd take the piss out of state this season. But if Salah hasn't done well, state made Cancella captain and both times he's delivered with double point hit, um, double point scores. So I think if you realistically, if you get captain right, it's going to you'll do all right. So yeah, that would be my advice. Yep, yeah, good stuff. If you could change one thing about FPL, what would it be? So this this is inspired from our I think it was our other NASCAR early on the season where someone basically we were talking about rule changes. It might have been a NASCAR. it might have been a weekly. I can't remember, but it was one of the one of the you know listeners who who kind of came up with this idea. And ever since then, I haven't stopped thinking about it. It's such a great idea, so I really like the idea of having a free hit chip, but there's no limit on the value, and that you can pick anyone. You know, it doesn't matter how expensive they are. I, th- I think that that's mm. such an interesting idea because, like I say, right now as a southern team, you know, I I can't pick certain players because you know they're not doing anything like Lukaku. Again, have a have some So you know, Bamiang's now gone to Barcelona. But basically, what I'm trying to say is that earlier in the season, all the most expensive players in my section were pointless to have really because they weren't literally what were, were pointless <laughs> they weren't doing anything yeah. so if you have a choice and you could pick both the north and south players like <clears throat> like most people do to be able to pick a team of Salah, De Bruyne Son, Kane I don't care who you are that would be pretty exciting and you would fall into a trap because you would forget about the players like your Dennis's, your Ward-Prowse's your Coutinho's, the players who are cheaper, you might fall into that trap. So, I think that that'll be quite a good idea, and hopefully, someone's listening out there and taking it on board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: no, yeah, good. No, I like that idea. It's definitely got a good shout to it. So, so yeah, big one now. Choose your greatest ever FPL team. No value.
1: Okay, so. As we talked about in the past, and as you can probably tell by how quickly I'm answering these, I was able to do a bit of research on all these questions. This one took a bit more time, and I put a lot of time and effort into it. And I assume I'm going to get a lot of abuse for it, but it is what it is. So I'll start with the goalkeepers. Peter Cech, I think, is that season, or those seasons with Mourinho, and even after that, when, when you know... Safe call. Yeah, I I think he was incredible and they barely conceded a goal. I don't think he, I I doubt he probably would have got many bonus points having said that, because I don't think he probably was worked that much. But yeah, I've got, I've got check in goal. I've got Emmy Martinez as my backup. And the reason why was because I believe last season he hit the second highest scores for a goalkeeper. I think Brad Fiedel got the top one. But I'm going with Martinez only because Brad Friedel got his top score back in the day before I was even playing it. So I'm not going to use him. That just seems lazy, but Martinez was brilliant for the last year and saved penalties. He got, you know, got loads of points, bonus points. He got loads of save points. He didn't even keep that many clean sheets on paper really. So I love that about a goalkeeper. When you, you know, you see that they've conceded a goal, and you you have a look at their score, and you're like, "Well, he's conceded, but he's on five points. How's that worked out?" And you realise he's made millions of saves MLS in the game. I, I love that. That's mm-hmm. great. So they're my goalkeepers. Obviously, I'm going to go with Alexander Arnold, Alexander Arnold, and I'm going to go with his partner Andy Robertson. They're my two, like my my first two defenders, John Terry. I mean. Like both Alexander-Arnold and Robertson both get forward. There was, in my mind, I was thinking I could have gone with Cancelo, could have gone with James, you know, Chilwell, these players who also get forward and get goals and assists, but I just don't think they've done it for long enough yet to be in this team. Alexander-Arnold, Robertson, Terry, when he played with Czech and Ashley Cole, Ashley Cole just missed out on this one. He was in there, but I took him out. So John Terry scored goals. He must have scored about seven or eight goals a season when he was playing at centre-half. Yeah. That's actually, I think there's not many players out there nowadays from centre-half who score scores regularly. Like I thought Van Dijk might, but he hasn't really done that. I don't know if you've noticed yeah. that. But yeah, so Terry's in there. Then I've got Matt, Matty Taylor for Portsmouth. So when Ooh, he had that job. season yeah. where he scored some of the craziest goals, some of the best like, long-range goals you're going to see, He was playing left back and he was, he was, you know, defender in FPL. So I've got him in there because he scored a lot of points. And again, probably didn't get many clean sheets, but enough for him to have scored big that season. And then Leighton Baines, who I guess, again, I mean, a bit like, oh, I don't know. I mean, he, he was one of those players, even when he was at Wigan and then Everton, he took penalties. Mm -hmm. He took free kicks he got yeah, forward. He got star. assists. Yeah, I mean, he, you don't get to seven or seven point five million, whatever he got to in FPL without deserving it. So, yeah, that that's my five, and yeah, stand by it. Then my midfield, obviously, Mo Salah. I don't really need to explain. Frank Lampard. Don't really need to explain. Cristiano Ronaldo. I think all three of those are without doubt guaranteed to be in most people's teams. But. The one who misses out, Steven Gerrard does miss out, who probably would have been the other one to creep in, but I've gone with Bruno Fernandes. And the reason why I said that is because the the two years after he joined United, I won the league both years because of how he performed and the amount of points he scored in those, That it was actually a season and a half. It was incredible. Yeah. So I know people will probably go, well, yeah, he's been good, but now that, he's getting found out but at the same time I still think that that season and a half was incredible and then the other one is Kevin De Bruyne who is just an unbelievable player he he kind of has moments where you go ah oh, FPL wise you can't have him he's too expensive and then they drop his price down to because he has an injury drop they drop his price down to nine something million and then he's undroppable game. like that season I think maybe it was last year he was like 9.5 million and Everyone had him again because he gradually got better. But then, so that's my five midfielders. Then I've got Thierry Henry, goes without saying. Yep. Robin Van Persie, Arsenal and United. Even failing teams in Arsenal, he still scored big. And then the last one was tough. But, you know, I had Luis Suarez I could have gone with. I chose not to. I could have gone Aguero, chose not to. I've gone with Harry Kane. I don't like Harry Kane, but he's in there. And that is probably just to appease all those Spurs fans who are pissed off about what I said earlier. No, I think I think Was like the f- fact Drogba,
0: did he? Yeah?
1: Drogba, maybe, yeah. But I, I do think that, that with Harry Kane, yeah. he is someone that you you could rely on. You can't you could rely on him in previous seasons. And he does That's go seven on.
0: seasons he's just been ridiculous, hasn't
1: Exactly. So, and so, and he and he yeah. goes on runs and you know he loves to score against certain teams, so he he's an ever present with Spurs, and and you know it's a shame what's happened this year, but who knows? Maybe maybe Conte will get the best out of him in the second half of the season. But yeah, that that's my team. Yeah. I can't I yeah. can't think the I guess the other person I was thinking of is, you know, like the older Man United players, like your Rooney's, your Vidic and your Everest and stuff like that, or Van der Sar's. But I feel like I'm happy with my team. No, no, fair enough. Good team. Can't can't argue with it. You
0: know, it's you know, obviously, well, yeah, I could argue with it, but I think there's you know, quality there throughout, to be honest with you. Um, and yeah, you know, you can see the reason why you've put them in. So, yeah, now fair play, pal. Fair play to that one. Really good. So, I'm adding two last two further questions in here, and this isn't right, FPL related, but your most favourite January transfer in the history of the Premier League?
1: Hmm. Ah, That's a good question. I I would actually say that it would be between Luis Suarez and Bruno Fernandes, and I'm going to go with Fernandes for that exact reason why I said earlier. The fact that he turned my season around in FPL. He was... He turned Man United season around. He he turned Man United from being a team going nowhere to a team pushing for top four, doing well in the cups and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think I think I was actually there for one of his first games. They play, I went to Old Trafford, you know, with Watford and and he it was one of his first games and he was unbelievable, to be honest. I think he scored a penalty against us, but it just Everything about him, he was just positive, and it and it's kind of like a position that you just you 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 dream of having a football player in that position, the attacking midfielder, who's positive, who gets forward, who is always looking to do the right thing, never kind of. I guess just you know he he seems seems so much more switched on than anyone else around him, and that's including the players he's playing against. So I'll go with. Bruno Fernandes. Yeah, no, good. Like that. And yeah, I mean, like you said,
0: yeah, he came into the Premier League with that fantastic first half, that second half of the season, he joined United. He got like 117 points in in less than half a season. You know, he got eight goals, eight assists, you know, 18 bonus points. Then the first full season, 244 points. I mean, he's on 100 points this season and he's not having a good season, people are saying now. Yeah, I suppose compared to other seasons, He's not maybe is doing as well, but he's still got a hundred points. If you think about it, it's not he's not doing badly. You know, there's, um, you know, he's in the top, you know, top seven or eight point scores in midfielders. So he's not, it's not, not, not terrible, but he's a lot of money. So you want him to be trying kind to of better those heights, I guess. So then on to this one. This might be a bit tougher. What's the your least favorite January signing?
1: It's tough because my so many. yeah, my memory's not great for like January, like well, transfers in general. I mean, the only person who comes to mind is is that Andy Carroll, just because I was thinking of Luis Suarez earlier. I mean, Andy yeah. Carroll was someone that if I'm being honest with you, I had him for Newcastle the, the year before when they came up. And he was only five million or five and a half million. And I remember, oh, yeah, if you had him and Kevin Nolan, they were unbelievable. I remember him scoring a goal from the edge of the area and he just basically put his left foot through it. And I thought, Jesus, like, this guy's got everything. Like He's a big man striker. He's got a great touch. He basically looks like he can shoot from distance. He's a good poacher. He gets in the middle of it and, and ultimately don't want to play against him because he's He's a big guy. He's like a he. In my mind, was arguably could, or could have been a better Peter, Peter Crouch because Peter Crouch was a talented guy, but ultimately he was deemed a little bit weaker and not as much of a physical presence. And you looked at Carroll, thinking he could be that player. And I remember the Euros. He he came with um, you know with England and he scored a great goal against Sweden, but didn't do too much after that. But he, obviously his career has been by, by injury, but at Liverpool he was he had a stinker, career, to be honest. And mm. Yeah, I, th- I think it's always pretty tough to come in in January, I, although I do think that sometimes you get some of the most interesting ones, but yeah, I, I can't, if I'm being honest with you, mate, I can't think of many right now, so I'm going to go with him yeah. um, just because that's the one I can remember. No, and no. He, he had a stinker. No, fair,
0: fair enough. So, final few bits of conversation, really. Can you confirm what your Twitter, han- Twitter handle is so that listeners to this
1: podcast can hurl abuse at you if they so wish to? Yes. Okay. It's FPL Southerner, all one word F P L S O U T H E R N E R, no underscore anymore.
0: And where will they find this podcast as well? Which is what's the Twitter handle for the
1: podcast? Yes, yeah, so that's FPL N V S. So yeah, you can you can find that. There's no underscore with that. And and then if you're if you're looking for my partner in crime here, it's FPL underscore northerner. So he's uh he's definitely worth checking out as well.
0: Definitely. I'm a very sexy man, definitely. So and any other Twitter members, Baron, myself, that you'd
1: recommend in the FPL community. Yes, so I would say for knowledge, I would go for Fantasy Scout Mark. So that's Mark Southerns, FF Scout underscore Mark. He is, for me, I think he's just, he comes across as a genuinely nice guy, but he just seems to really care and puts a lot of time and effort into it. I always used to listen to him on um, FPL Scout and just think, he's just someone who's very level-headed and the other person who's similar to him, I'd say, is the FPL general. He's he's a good person to listen to. He, he you know, I, obviously he's kind of got the contract with the Athletic and stuff. And I don't, I can't really listen to his podcast now just because so many adverts. And I don't, if I'm being honest, with you, he he's he's made a good decision by keeping his podcast down to half an hour, which I wish we could do, but we really can't because <laughs> we we love a chat. But um, yeah, he. I think that if you're listening if you want to listen to someone who's got a lot of, like who you'd respect and and have got really good finishes both fpl general and and fantasy scout mark two people to listen to out uh, listen for but i'd also two other mentions are fpl marcin so that's m-a-r-c-i-n he does memes like every day and the guy just Nails it every day. is is unbelievable. Like I, I, this guy can't have a job, or if he does, he he doesn't take it very seriously. Because when something's (laughs) happening, he just he just nails a meme, and and he doesn't do one in a day. He does about three or four or five or six or something, and every single one gets so many likes and retweets and, and well deserved. And and the other person who I want to give a shout out to is FPLNWO. Because he's got this wrestling themed kind of like FPL, he he puts all like all of his team players as ex wrestlers, and he's got like he changes you know their attires, they're like ex wrestlers and stuff like that. It's just it's it's a lot of fun. I suppose if you didn't like wrestling when you were younger, you wouldn't really care for it. But I was a big fan when I was a kid, so I love it. I think it's great. It's really kind of like original thought, you know, he's put a lot of thought into it, both him and Marcin are both two guys who just seem to be, they've got their finger on the pulse and they don't just stand still they always seem to be doing something and it entertains me, that's what I'm going to say if you're not following those those two, I'd really really highly recommend you do, but they've got a lot of followers so I'm pretty sure most people are mm-hmm. cool, well, excellent
0: well, thank you and uh, I suppose um, final few Questions for you, Heath. Straight front answers. I want you to say Say your first thing that pops into your head. Watford, stay up or go down? Oh, stay up. Lies. <laughs> Man United, top four or not? Yeah, top four, yeah. Great. Final question Newcastle into Europe next season no no chance not happening fair enough thank you very much (laughs) (laughs) well now that's everything thank you very much heath it's been a fantastic q a with yourself um um is there anything else you'd like to to share to our listeners
1: no i i i I remember putting any other business onto the agenda out of the office banter kind of thing but to be honest i think this is this is gone stuck yeah yeah, I think this has gone on for, for a, a fairly long time compared to your NASCAR, so I'm not going to um, keep the listeners listening any longer, so I'll let them have a bit of a break. Fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Well, Eve, it's been a pleasure
0: interviewing you for the, the NASCAR. It's been great to... Hopefully the listeners enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. It's been great to get inside that, that small brain of yours. So, um, yeah, really, really good. And I'm sure we'll... Um, Will eagerly await the release. Really, to be fair, because um, yeah, really been good to hear. And anyone else who's listening to this and would be interested in getting involved in doing a NASCAR on themselves, I'm, I'm sure they they can tweet us. You've got our, our Twitter handles, so um, if you're interested, we are open to, to people if they if they fancy doing one.
1: Yeah, and and thank you, mate. I mean, I've really enjoyed it. It's uh, I hope you've learned a lot from this, and in you know, a few weeks, months, years time, you might kind of say to me, I took your advice on who to captain and and it didn't pay off. But thanks anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we we did these this NASCAR for, for state, and we did one for the FPL audience that we had at the time. But I think it's something that it's it's always good and reassuring to hear from people who play the game who are being as honest as possible and they're not holding their cards close to the chest. I think everyone has a way of playing and there's no right or wrong answer really when it comes to fpl the reason why people enjoy it so much is that you you can put a lot of time into it and do well but you can also put a lot of time in it not do so well all i'll say to people out there is yeah it will be fantastic if if there's anyone who would like to come on this and we can see what they think as well but realistically we just hope that you know you've listened to state now now you've listened to me Hopefully you can get something out of it and improve your FPL experience. That'd be great.
0: Thank you very much, Heath. Thank you to those who uh, have just listened to the podcast. And we will see you again soon when we come back out with our next North vs. South podcast, which I'm sure we'll be recording very soon after the, with the upcoming game weeks ahead of us. Thank you very much, everybody, and good night.